Welcome back to the Christian Theological Dark Web. Today we are taking a short detour from what would have been our final episode of the Quiet Rebellion series to do a special episode entitled Unholy Yoga. In this episode, Shelley and I explore any potential relationship between the practices of yoga and biblical Christianity. Can a Christian truly practice yoga? Is there such a thing as Christian yoga? Are they compatible, reconcilable, or diametrically opposed? Find out with us here today on the Christian Theological Dark Web. All right, here we go. Guys, welcome to this episode of the Christian Theological Dark Web. Uh, this is actually a little bit of a deviation from our previously expected order, but God tends to do things we don't expect. So we're take it, taking it with a grain of salt, and you should too. And if you don't, well, there's not much I can do for you. Don't watch it, I guess. I don't tell you. Then don't be salty, but we are the salt and the light. Oh, just get all both, the salt pens in there. That's both both <laughs> awesome and cheesy at the same time. Very. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it looks like my noises aren't going to play. All right, well, we'll just have to wing it then. Uh, uh no fun bummer, noises. Bummer. Wah, let's see. Wah, let's try. Wah. There we go. There it is. I don't know if that's gonna play. We'll see what happens. Um, I didn't hear. Last it, so time they didn't work. They didn't work last time. It was really annoying. Um, guys, hey. Uh, so I guess I just want to give you guys kind of a quick update about what's going on, where where we are at. Uh, like I said, we're gonna have a kind of a deviation from our regular set. We've been talking about prayer, and we will continue to on our next episode. But we um, were just talking and felt that the Holy Spirit was kind of taking us a different way. So we went with it. Uh, sometimes that's what happens and that's what you got to do. So uh, just to catch up on last week, we were talking about um, the, uh, the, the effect that haste has on us and how we have lost touch with God through rhythmic prayer, which is, you know, rhythms and, and regularity in prayer and times of prayer and things like that. And also being still before the Lord and relinquishing control of what we think we understand. So that's what we were talking about previously. That episode is dropping tomorrow, actually within the next few hours in about less, little over 12 hours, about 15 hours. So you guys should definitely go check that out and enjoy that. Uh, again, this week we are dealing with something totally different and it today's, uh, podcast i guess before i give you the name i want to give you our quick plugins please connect with us at the christian theological dark web all together at gmail.com again that's the christian theological dark web at gmail.com that will be posted somewhere around here um still learning how to do uh embedded stuff so bear with me if it doesn't get embedded by by the time you guys get a look at it but it should be posted there you can also connect to us on twitter at at uh uh we're at the CTDW, um, and actually, you can just follow us on all the social media you want or contact us directly, all that good stuff. Just look up solo, and I'm going to list it right here on the bottom. It's going to say solo.to slash the CTDW, and you can find all of our stuff. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, we have a Patreon. Ah, ah. Woo! We have a Patreon if you guys want to go support us. Right now, we don't have any additional content, but if you, you believe in our ministry and what we're doing, which is 
trying to ask questions that don't get asked in current society today and deal with them from a Christian worldview. Deal with them, as the word says, take hold of every thought and make it submit to the power of Jesus. That's what we are trying to do on this podcast. So um, without further ado, we are talking today about this episode, which is titled Unholy Yoga. Un is in parentheses. And we, Shelly and I have been just kind of, uh, this has been something, this is, I, I should say, this is something really close to Shelly's heart. Uh, it has been for a long time. Uh, she has some personal experience with it, uh, more than me, but uh, definitely we talk about new age and the effect that new age has on, on all of uh, the Christian faith. And as Eastern religion continues to flood into the U.S., at a higher and higher rate, it's something that we have to learn to deal with and, uh, you know, take captive those thoughts and lay them at the feet of Jesus. So get I'm going to let Shelly get started and get out of our church. Um, church is not meant to be a castle. It is meant to be a uh, hospital where ambulances arrive. So food for thought. Uh, I'm going to let Shell take the reins. I don't have much else to say. I love you guys, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Shell, it's all yours. Say hi, and uh, yeah, if you want to give any information. Good evening, everybody. Um, I hope your team won the Super Bowl, whichever team <laughs> that was, because right now you may hear cheering going on from either side Wah! of my neighbors. They're both in their backyards. Um, and my oh, office wow. faces my backyard. So <laughs> every once in a while I hear, Wah! and I'm sure somebody is doing something great. Um, <laughs> and I could care a whole lot more. I couldn't care a whole lot less. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, Football, I can take it or leave it. You know what? When somebody I know is playing, oh, I'm all about it. I enjoy football. I just, I don't know. But I hope your team won, and I hope it made you happy, and I hope that you take that kind of enthusiasm into your next church service. I, I will also say we're doing this during the Super Bowl, so you can tell how how, uh, <laughs> right how deeply we feel about watching the Super Bowl. So all of you guys that are watching that love football, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's fun to watch, but I, I just don't care very much, to be honest. Enjoy. Just, but by the frame. time we drop this, yeah. it'll be done. So it's true. you have something else to keep you entertained. You might even boo and cheer occasionally with uh, <laughs> the things we have to say. Yeah. So. The gospel's offensive. It is. And it's <laughs> most beautiful, man. And so simple. It's a good offensive. But yoga. Today's topic in particular, what goes around is holy yoga, um, but is not, and it's just not holy. Um, mm. Ricky, you have to tell us the difference between the word holy and the word yoga. That's, that's where I want to start. Absolutely. I think that's a great place to start. Uh, I think this is this was divine wisdom. I, I can't claim that I, this just came to me. No, I, I know that the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me as much as I'd like to think it was me. Yoga means to yoke. Um, so you're yoking yourself. And in, in yogi yogi practice, uh, yoga's when you when you do the inaction of yoga, it is to yoke yourself to Brahman. And Bra Shelley will explain what that is. But that's that's a type of deity. 
um, one that is not Christian, <laughs> to be sure. So uh, yoga means to yoke, which means to stick to, right, or be part of. Holy means to be separated for God's divine purpose. So if you put holy and yoga together, that is the highest level of grammatical oxymoronicness that could possibly exist. You cannot take the body of Christ, as is phrased in 1 Corinthians, and unite it with a prostitute. That does not work. And God uses very graphic imagery all throughout the Old Testament. And even in the New Testament, we see that popping up here and there about how you don't mix the two. And so by definition, holy means separate, yoga means yoked too. You can't yoke yourself to the holy. It doesn't work. Now you were, were separated from, from the 300 million. Is that what it is? There are so, so many. Let me reference that for you gods in um hindi or in hinduism um it's hard to wrap your mind around it um i got it right here can... so hinduismfacts.org says uh this is pu published on, on the 19th of august of last year of 21 2021 per the ver per the vedic texts there are 33 gods and per the puranas there are 330 million or more 330 million okay so it's a few <laughs> wow you're gonna have to scroll a long time to get through that list um but that's who you Maybe. yoke yourself to yeah those those various gods depending on um the attributes you're you're looking for each each yoga pose is an attribute um Guys, I'm going to, or uh, is a way of getting that deity's attribute in yourself. Mm. Um, before we go into that a whole lot, I think I want to tell you uh, my experience with yoga. I have never done yoga because it has always sat wrong with me. I know that it's poses to to deities that I believe are fallen angels, um, possibly demonic spirits, which are not the same thing. Um, but I've, I've never done it. I came back to my church from moving out of town and moving back into town to find that this practice was being done in my church. And um, the woman who leads it, I love her. Her. And I know she has a heart for Jesus. And I know that the organization of Holy Yoga, that's what it's called, uh, that um, is founded and headed by Brooke Boone, um, says it's totally compatible with Christianity. Um, as a matter of fact, not just compatible, but that it is, it is beneficial. And so I have spent copious hours watching videos with Brooke Boone in them telling of, of her belief system. Um, because I am, um, I'm one of those people who likes empirical evidence. I'm going to go to a source. Um, somebody else can tell me 
what they think about it like I'm telling you, and that's fine. But um, if you want to find out more, if you want to um, see if, if what we're saying is on the up and up, please, we will have so many links to um, YouTube videos, to the web, to, to Holy Yoga's website, which I mean, you can go and look it up now on another page if you want to. Um, you, you can watch uh, what Brooke has to say. Uh, you can buy her book. Um, books. <laughs> um, she's a lady out of, out of Phoenix, Arizona, um, which is where all of my family lives, or a majority of my family lives. It's where I um, grew up as a teenager and young adult. Um, it's a place that's very near and dear to my heart, and um, I'm a little bit sad that that's where something that masquerades as holy but is really yoga um, had its inception, I guess. Um, if if it wasn't clear, yoga is Hindu practice. Um, Brooke will say that yoga is older than Hinduism. And Hindis will claim that they are the oldest religion. Um, doesn't everybody? <laughs> Except for the Church of Scientology. <laughs> but... Which which is which is almost ironic because their their ideas about humanity go so much farther back in theory than anyone else is. <laughs> And I don't mean to bash oh. other religions. I'm just going to tell you that as as a believer and a follower in Jesus and a lover of truth, that those aren't truth. Those, those aren't truth. They are not the way to God. I, I um, think it's important, Michelle, real quick. Sorry, sorry. I don't, I don't mean to no, interrupt. Go. I'm going to let go, you go. keep going. I just, just want to make a quick comment that, uh, guys, anytime we're on this, uh, this, um, this podcast – our intention, I'm not going to make the false claim that we will always be perfect and always get it right, but our intention is to, is to argue at the level of argument, of ideology, and not at the level of insult. That's not what I'm here for. And Absolutely. so if, if I get pulled into that or that happens, I will ask your forgiveness even from now because that is not Shelley or my intention. Um, so anytime you hear us talk harshly about an ideology, please understand that we are disconnecting that ideology with your From or anyone else's feelings or um, ideas uh, per that are personal, that are very personal to you. So, you know, I mean, Christians, we face that on a daily basis, like people mock our faith all the time. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, I, I'm so mad about that. I mean, I, sure, there are things that make me mad. But more and more, the more it happens and the closer I draw to Jesus, and I'm, I'm sure Shell can attest to this too, uh, I just feel sad for those people. I, I feel uh, bad for them because it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I mean, it, it may emotionally affect me in the moment, but in the long run, it doesn't affect me. You know, I, I know where, who my Savior is and Shelly knows who her Savior is, and we know where we're going after this life. Sorry, Shelly, that's all I wanted to say. Nope, just, that's just good. And, and honestly, we, we want our buses to be full full um amen i listened to an amazing speaker and at the end he said um that he wants to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic and i went oh me too and that's 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 what we're doing 
mm-hmm. um, right here. And and so my my friend who leads this this holy yoga class has heard that that I am. Is she, is she associated with holy yoga? By the way, Sean? yes, yes, she has oh, okay. her okay. I didn't accreditation. Know that, I'm not sure what it okay what it is, but she is accredited with them. Yes. Um, okay. and she's very healthy, like, Oh my goodness gracious. Um, she's all slim and beautiful and she's as old as I am. And, um, health is very, very important to her. And that's why, as young she, as you why she does this. Yeah. As young as I am. <laughs> um, I know her heart. I do. I do know her heart. And she asked me, would you, would you watch this to see where I'm coming from? Um, and she sent me the videos that, that Brooke has been a part of telling, you know, uh, her story about holy yoga. And I definitely, I watched them. I watched them with notepad and pen and took a lot of notes. And then I looked for some more. And then well, that's I, that's due diligence because she's a friend you love. Makes sense, right? And I do. And I'll be honest with you guys, this scares me. This episode mm. scares me because I don't want to cause any kind of rift in my church. I don't want to lose a friend, but I don't. Even more than that, friendship is is temporal. I mean, I think our friendships go with. Go with us into heaven. If you're friends with a believer, you will be friends in heaven with them. We're known on in heaven as we're known on earth. So the the life to come is not going to be um, separated from this one. But more than that, her soul matters so much to me. And I believe she's a believer. But I believe also, and the word of God clearly states that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And it's not just talking about physical death, but about eternal death in that scripture. And um, I can't truck with that. Uh, I, that's an old term to have truck with something. I don't even know if anybody other than my mother knows what that means. I've never heard that. I, I, can't, I can't barter in that would basically yeah. be what it means. I, I can't... Gotcha. Um, Get make on board with that. With it. Yeah, I can't make a yeah. deal with it. This it's it's a um non sequitur for me. Mm. It, it's not it's not something that I, I can just let go by. And I've been praying and my best friend tells me it's been about five years that I have been uh praying over this issue because I it's been a long time. I didn't want to confront my friend. And at that time, she wasn't my friend. She was my acquaintance and a fellow um, member of my church, um, you know, which implies to me family. Um, mm-hmm. I, I go to a rather small church and um, we pretty much we move in the same circle. Our friends are the same people. And I don't want to cause enmity between us. And so I haven't said anything. I've said something to our friend who, who uh, was more her friend than I was hoping that she would convey the message, which you guys, it was cowardly. 
I mean, I'll admit it for what it was. I was hoping, I was hoping that I didn't have to do the heavy lifting mm. kind of, you know, I, um, was heading towards Nineveh instead <laughs> of, instead of going to, um, where was, where was I supposed to go? For? You were heading towards Joppa instead of Nineveh. Uh, Joppa instead of Nineveh from Tarshish. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, because I didn't want to make her mad and have to have an ugly conversation. But she came to me and said, can we talk about this? And so we are going to talk about this. And her and I will have talked about this before this episode drops because she listens to our show already. I mean, she is a friend. Oh, wow. She is a fellow believer. She she is seeking after the truth. And so yeah. I don't want to be harsh because this is my friend's feelings that I am also yeah. dealing with. But I I will not let God down. I will not uh, wink an eye at, at this. I have to speak the truth. And so I just, I wanted to put that out there. I am not doing this to bash because um, I care greatly for the, the person who asked this question. Um, the gal who asked this question. Um, I did not go into this this research um, unbiased. I already had an opinion, but I did go into it wanting wanting honestly to hear the heart of of the person who did this because people can have good intentions and the outcome be bad be evil oh, man i i dread saying evil but i think this is this is uh, a perfect example of what the uh the bible means when it says a little bit of leavening um corrupts the whole batch of of flour and and if i can just say uh shell i think it's it's not it's not weird to say evil i think that in our culture and in our present day, we misconstrue what evil is. Evil is just what you described. It is a force that enters by means of deception. And as such, it causes all sorts of havoc because of that. But it's not a blatant sinisterism that just appears out of nowhere and oh that's evil you know i mean there are times when that happens, mustache exactly exactly so that's why i don't have any handlebars here um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but, but yeah absolutely i mean it's it, that is that is the um or is it the mo of of evil right is to be deceptive is to be subversive insidious right. that's a good word for it right Absolutely. And so again, please, please take this with love. I can't tell you how much In we prayer. have been praying over Pray this. Absolutely. If you know somebody and you choose to share this, be praying for them as well. Mm. That this is received in love because there are holy yoga church, uh, um, classes, uh, uh, what's going on? Like, Ashanta? 15, 17 years now or something, yeah, Michelle? This, yeah. this, this uh, society? 2007, I think it was. 
So, so that would put us 16 years. Yeah. 16 years. Um, there are thousands of churches. I think she has over 3000, um, uh, leaders of, uh, holy yoga instructors. I don't know how else to call them. Um, the, the lingo is not super, super important to me. I, I'm going to call things how I see them, but it's in churches all over the United States, probably yeah. the UK as well. Let me tell you where it is not in Christian churches. It is not in Indian Christian churches mm. because when Indians um, from the continent of Asia, when my, my, I know this is, this is probably <laughs> socially unacceptable, but I couldn't care. My buddy always says that dots, not feathers to clarify <laughs> dots, not feathers. <laughs> yeah. If, if it, um, somebody of Indian heritage comes to know Jesus, they give up yoga immediately because they understand yeah. that they they have now submitted their self as a servant to God um, through the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ because Jesus died for us. They accept that and they know yeah. that he broke that yoke. 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 Not yoke with an L. Yoke. Sorry, guys. He broke that <laughs> yoga. <laughs> he did. He broke that yoga and he took them and he set them apart for his service. And they're no longer seeking after Brahman, which is um, uh, the uh, the ultimate reality, like one oneness with the, the universe. Um, so Brooke does a video with do you did you take down the the lady's name ricky uh oh hold on shell let me look it up real quick because i I'll, think I'll i have it somewhere but um it's it's on the name of her podcast um Give me just a sec. I'll get it. You, you can keep going. I'll, okay. I'll find the name for you in a second. So um, these two ladies are talking and um, the the podcaster is, um, oh gosh, what is she? What does she say? She's an advocate. Yeah. She's, she's an advocate um, for this way of life. And so she has Brooke on and Brooke right away makes makes a comment about God. God is in everything and everything is part of God. And that is is a glaring no. And she she alludes to um first Corinth first Corinthians. Um, for of him and through him and to him are all things. Um, and she tries to to bring those two things, yoke those two things together that because God made everything and sustains everything for his glory, um, according to his power alone, that that 
everything is God and God is everything. And that's pantheism. And it, it, it is in direct opposition to Christian Judeo um, belief. It, it is not, it, it is irreconcilable with Christian worldview. Rick, you looked like you had something to add. No, I was just going to tell you, I couldn't, I can't, I'm going to spend too much time looking for the name. Okay, but, uh, that's okay. You know what, guys, the uh, link. So yeah, I've, I've got the, the info here. So it's it's called the, the podcast that was, it was aired on May 20th of 2021, and it's called the Holy Yoga Collective. Um, you can look it up on, this is on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah SoundCloud. SoundCloud. You can find that. Yeah. Well, we'll put the link. Um, yes, we'll link all of link these, to, to the all of the videos that we watched, so you can watch yes. them for yourself. And um, there are more, and there are people way more um, qualified, qualified than I am, <laughs> uh, like Doreen Virtue, Stephen Bancars, um, Mike Shreve. Mike Shreve. Yeah, Mike Shreve is an excellent. We, we uh, I'm sure he'll come up at some point here. Mike Shreve is an excellent source of information regarding um, all of this stuff. He was a, uh, he ha had like two studios back in, what was it, Shell, the 70s? In the 70s, uh, yeah. I mean, this is he way was, He before... was a professor of this man. Yeah. Like, yes, talk about correct. somebody who, who really understood um, or understands this. And Stephen Bancar's Enduring Virtue both come from the New Age movement. Yeah. Um, Stephen really tried to mix New Age and Christianity. Um, sorry, my my cats are getting feisty, guys. <laughs> I had to get the weapon of choice for cats. <laughs> um, they come out of this lifestyle, and they they are some amazing sources for the truth. Um, and and yes. I definitely went to them for this because I knew um, I've already I'm already familiar with with Stephen Bancars and with Doreen Virtue. Um, as far as I'm only YouTube familiar with them, I don't know them or anything. Although, if anybody knows them and would like to do an introduction, again, we're down. <laughs> but um, they they come out of this life. They they really get it. And um, the the links to the videos are there. Please watch them yourself. You know what? Take pen and paper like we did and come back at us if you find that anything we're saying is not true. Because what we want to do is dialogue this um, yeah. more than anything. Because I can I can shove a bunch of facts your way, but that doesn't necessarily give you the truth. Um, right. The truth comes by <clears throat> reasoning together, and I think that that's why God tells us let's reason together. Um, so having said that, again, like I said, I'm really nervous about this um, because my, my goal is freedom for anybody who has been yoked with this and is in any kind of bondage to it. So, um, 
I want to say, first and foremost, if you have not heard this before, I invite you to find out more about this and to embrace it. We are image, image bearers. We are made in God's image like the angels before us. We are made in his image. Um, and that's that's incredible. God made us in his image so that we could commune with him and love him and be loved by him. Um, As image bearers of God, we do ourselves an injustice if we try to bear somebody else's image. And that's what the poses in yoga do. And holy yoga doesn't change any of the poses. If, it, it, it reinterprets them. He, yeah, it uses the same names and says there's a different meaning to it. Like if I had right. chocolate milk and I said this is a snorkel pop. Sort of sounds like uh, what the, the serpent did in the garden, huh? <laughs> God didn't really say that, did he? He didn't say it. No, come on. That's not what he said. He didn't say you'll die if you touch it. No, no, no. He said we die if we eat it well he didn't say either of those quite like that and there's the deception and that's what it is when you take a word or a term and you give it new new meaning mm-hmm. it, that's deception i i can't find a a sweet way to to accept that as anything other than deception it's deception you you're lying you are saying that an apple is an orange or an apple is a snorkel fruit and an apple is an apple and everybody knows what an apple is and you calling it something else doesn't change it from an apple it's still an apple and downward dog is still downward dog and it's still the pose that tries to um Invoke the attributes of the God that you are mimicking. And that's what you're doing. You're mimicking God's uh, actions, these various little G gods, let me be specific. Um, They like to kind of scrub the word and not say gods and say deities, deities, the the deities, because there's divine in all of us. Can I make a quick comment about that? You know, mean words. Uh, Anytime you try and use that endearing, diminutive aspect of it's a deity, it's not a god, it's a deity. Deity is another word, is the same word in a different language that was used very likely in the same way that we're using gods today. So... People think that I literally was just having a conversation on uh, on TikTok of all places yesterday. It was actually very funny, but it, it made some really solid points um, about the nature of language. And I, I'm only highlighting this because of the nature of deception itself through language. The guy that I watched, um, I wish I had his, his, uh, his video uh, uh, on hand or his name, but Uh, That's kind of irrelevant. What he was doing was literally quoting the Bible in Gen Z talk. It was very funny. It was very comical. But somebody was like, well, why not? I shared one of those videos. I did. I shared it to you. Great. Oh, that was so It was phenomenal. 
And you can put he, a link up for that too. Cause I will I'll put it in there. Um, he says something like, you're not the Pharisees asked Jesus. You're not really built different. Are you? And he's like, you're just an L you're not really an, a W. So all sorts of stuff like this it sounds ridiculous when I'm saying it, cause I'm a 30 something year old man, but it was quite funny to hear. And the point is that somebody was like, well, you should look it up in the Greek. You should look it up in the this and the blah, blah, blah. And I literally responded. I was like, people think that language is static and it's not, it's always changing, but things are established the way they were. And the gospel is relevant regardless of how you present it. It's still the gospel. It doesn't change. And I think that Hindis would say that yoga doesn't change either. It's still the same practice. You can call it holy yoga if you want. Sorry, that's my two minute rant. No, you are right on the money. And um, one of the videos that we will have linked in here is a conversation. And it's actually um, in, interesting, interesting, almost kind of not the word I want to use. Um, very in, enlightening. <laughs> well, we'll get to the joke and enlightenment a, in a minute. That's a charged statement right there. <laughs> but it's between um, Rajiv Malhorta and uh, Brooke Boone in the... Um, the title of the YouTube video is Rajiv Malhorta in conversation with Brooke Boone, comma, founder of Holy Yoga. And um, mm. he says something, and now I can't remember where I was going with this, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's all good. You're talking about, um, okay. Oh, terms, the terminology, not change. Oh, right. That is exactly right. he is a he is a yoga a yogi a guru I don't know his huge following is five hundred thousand followers um, oh, wow. on YouTube I mean I don't know in real life what he has but he was a very gentle mm -hmm. man and he was a total gentleman he yeah. he was both and listening to this exchange he was most assuredly the winner of that conversation. He knew what he was talking about because he was speaking, he was speaking the truth about yoga and its Hindi practice. Um, and uh, he was very gracious too, which um, some of his viewers were not. They accused Brooke of appropriation, which I would say is accurate. And um, Ricky, what is that term? I always forget the one that means syncretism. Syncretism. Every time I yeah, just, it's a great term. It's very apropos for this. This is trying to mix two religions, trying to mix Christianity and the the active part of invoking uh, the deities or the gods attributes via poses because that's what yoga is it's 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 putting the belief system in action there's the vedic mm. uh, vedic, vedic text, practicing the faith their bible really it's vedic, what vedic. it is vedic they are they are practicing their faith um not just going to bible study um or a vedic study as 
might be more <laughs> aptly called. Um, but his his use of truth um, when talking to Brooke about her holy yoga, she hymns and haws a lot because she has to remember the meanings that she has attributed to these mm. these poses and this practice, which she calls a spiritual discipline, and we'll we'll go back to spiritual discipline in just a moment. But she is having to really think on her feet and come up with answers on her feet. And he's just speaking the truth, what what yeah. has always been, <clears throat> this is this, and it's what it is, and, and you make it this. And, well, see, no, I don't see it that way. It's, you see what had happened was. <laughs> what had happened was. What had happened And you know what, that's, that's, so, that's so good, Shell, because um, you guys can love or hate the guy. I personally don't care how you feel about him, but what I'm about to, the quote that he uses all the time and the example he uses all the time is solid. Uh, Mike Lindell always says, I don't ever have to remember what I said because I know what I said because it's the truth. Now, you can think what you want about what he says or what he believes, but what he believes, at least what he believes to be tr truth, he doesn't have any problem recalling because he knows exactly what he believes and why he believes it. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's the beauty of truth. That's the yeah, it sure beauty is. of truth. You don't mm -hmm. have to remember it. It's true. It, you just you just pluck it out because it, it there's is no fact. mental gymnastics. No, no, uh, no, no pun intended there. <laughs> sure, Rick. Sure, there wasn't. I really didn't mean to. <laughs> let's so let's go to this being a spiritual discipline because to me that yeah, is not that how I shell. see it. That's, that's, a that's, I think it's important to define what we mean, what, what she means by spiritual discipline, or at least us to poke holes in it. Right. Absolutely. To me, yoga looks like poses. I mean, looks like exercise, right? That's yeah. what I think of. Again, I've never taken a yoga class. I'm opposed to it. I've never played with the Ouija board. I've never done stiff as a board, light as a feather, uh, bloody me. I've not done any of those things because because I was redeemed as a child and I'm not saying I'm sinless guys don't please don't think I'm even trying to to uh, wear that I mess up all the time but there are things that I have steered super clear of because they're bad they're, they're bad and yoga is one of them so I've never done it I've taken a Pilates class in college and I really enjoyed it. Pilates and yoga are not the same thing. Um, Pilates, well, I, I could go into Pilates because I took the class. So I had to learn about the theory of it. Um, so I'll tell you the difference real quick. Pilates was designed by a doctor whose name was Pilates. Go figure. Um, I believe he was an English doctor. It was World War One, and in World War One, if you remember anything about your history, you'll know that we had the most um, amputee casualties of any war during World War One, because you know that's when we we were still on the cutting edge. Technology was so new, and I mean, we just didn't. Nobody had ever seen anything like this. It was absolute mayhem. Yeah, it, it was it was horrific, but. 
So what the doctor knew is that bodies needed to be in motion. We, we need to be in motion. At that, that's a fact. We have no problem. God gave us muscles and joints and propulsion. We, we are able to move. Mo- most of us praise him because um, that's what we're supposed to do. So not, not denying that movement is healthy. It totally is. So Dr. Uh, Pilate knew that. But you had people missing an arm, a leg, a couple of legs, um, various, various bits of them blown off by rounds, mortars, um, mines. And he knew that while they were laying in that stretcher at that, that hospital, you know, that field hospital, that they needed to keep moving so that the rest of their muscles would not atrophy. So he developed poor work where you move what you got and you are very intentional about your your muscle groups and you put attention to them as you're moving them in order to get the the best result there is breath work in it and i'll tell you pilates is harder than running it is harder than swimming um competitively uh, it's probably not harder than football. I don't know. Guess, guess who has not played football? This chick right here. She has two thumbs. She's not once. played football. <laughs> but um, it's difficult because it and it's the breathing that does it because you're you're very consciously breathing in certain ways and pushing your breath out with force and um, like I'd be sweating before we were done and and I enjoyed it I'm lazy but I should get back into it I'm not gonna lie I think Pilates I think Pilates would be a fabulous you can do holy Pilates you can do holy Pilates hmm. you can Let me ask you a question, holy yoga yeah um would you call Pilates a spiritual discipline gosh no why not you're not communing. You're not trying to commune. Ah, oh, ding, ding, ding. Somebody's $56,000 question or whatever it was. Um, yeah, that's exactly. You're, you're not trying to commune with with anything, with an essence, anything. with a deity. Uh, you're not trying to get attributes of God. You're, you're working out your body. And does it make your mind feel better? Absolutely. Because when our body is healthy, our mind mm-hmm. becomes healthier mm-hmm. and vice versa. When our body becomes less healthy, our mind has a tendency to yep. suffer for it as well. Yep. Um, so, you know, to me, Pilates, this, you, you could, you could do holy Pilates, but you're right. It's not as, spiritual discipline and that's that's one of the things that brooke brooke calls this in anything i've seen her in this is a spiritual discipline spiritual discipline spiritual discipline and and why you know i'm i'm not not intentionally stealing your thunder but i just was reading your notes and and i'm going to get i'm crediting you with this this is a phenomenal thought (laughs) um like god is so wise like if many times you don't have to look at the arguments, you just look at the words and you're like, there's the logic that you don't need to know anything else. You just look at the words, right? The words speak for themselves. Why would you need to call yoga holy? Why, why would you have any, why would you have any, if it's not, if it's not anything that concerns you, one, if it's not anything that concerns you, you should just call it yoga, right? It's just something you do. 
if you want to call it holy yoga, then you're implying that there's unholy yoga, which is what you kind of brought up. Like, why would you have to even call it that in the first place? Right? Right. Shouldn't it be obvious? Shouldn't if it's not if it's not anything. If it's not anything dangerous and it's a spiritual practice, why should Christians have to have any hesitancy or think or twice about it? Of it? Right, right, what right. What are we doing? No. Very good. That that is absolutely right, Rick. It's they use terms and then the meanings the meanings aren't there. How is it a spiritual discipline? Um, and if somebody can give give us a, a good sound reason, I, I, I really want to hear it. It's one of my notes. I probably wrote that down four or five different times. How is it a spiritual discipline? I can tell you it's not a Holy Spirit discipline. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what the Holy Spirit disciplines are. Um, they are prayer. They are seeking God's word. Um, there is there is uh, being involved in active worship, mm-hmm. which is singing or telling God who he is. It is praising him. It is it is recognizing what he has done, reciting the things he has done and giving him the glory. Those those are spiritual disciplines. Um, fasting. Fasting is another spiritual discipline. Um, when you fast with prayer, um, I'm not saying, you know, the, the current diet fad of not eating for 16 hours or 24 hours or, you know, whatever, whatever level you feel works for you. And (laughs) and I mean, that is, that is fasting. Technically fasting means to abstain from, uh, something normally food, but we, especially in the Christian community, make other fasts. Uh, we fast from social media or from from things that really are more time wasters than anything. I mean, food's not a time waster. Food is necessary, but food also becomes uh, a little g-god in our lives pretty easily. It does. Mm-hmm. Um so having mastery over it is a good thing. But those are those are the only spiritual disciplines I can think of. Um, when I walk my dog, I, I can commune I think, with the Holy Ghost, but it's yes. not a spiritual discipline. Uh, I, I think the question is, it's a spiritual discipline for who? <laughs> for whom? Right? Um, it didn't you know, make sense to me, Hindus, so I can't give an answer. Sure, sure, but I mean, practicing Hindus. You said it very, you've, you said it very plainly, and I think very clearly that 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 is how they employ the acts of their faith. Um, yeah, in that sense, it is a discipline. Show me where in the New Testament. Show me where in the Old Testament. Show me where in uh, you know Jewish faith in Jewish practice there was anything to do with anything like that in the esoteric aspects. Sure. You mean the fringe aspects, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. right. It's it's not in the mainstream stuff. It's not in any of the stuff that Jesus talked about. It's not in anything. It's not in any of the Old Testament. It's not in any of the supporting documents for the Old Testament or for the New Testament. Like there's nothing. Right, it has nothing to do with anything. So, I mean, well, and and the fringe became the fringe by merging pagan practices. As a matter of fact, that's why God right. tells us through out the right. word 
when he tells when when he's leading the Israelites through the desert and he's taking them to Canaan, he tells them, "Do not, do not get involved in their practices. Don't marry, don't marry their yeah. women or their men because then you you will you will um." Oh, there's a word, and I can't think of it. You will take on their practices and enmesh them mm-hmm. into yours. Um, assimilate. Oh, you will assimilate their uh-huh. practices. Don't do Acclimate it. Acclimate to them, right? Yeah, don't do it. And that's what this is. This this isn't going in and taking back something that the enemy has stolen from you. This yeah. is playing by the enemy's rules, the enemy's mm-hmm. games. You, you know, we're it's, told, it's interesting. Don't oh, I'm do sorry. it. Sorry. Go ahead, Rick. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Don't uh, worry. You know, it's funny uh, when you said assimilate. Yes, it means to 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 meld into, right? But I, as soon as I said acclimate, I've always thought that this is very cool because speaking more than languages, one more than one language is always very useful. Acclimate in Spanish literally comes from the word to adjust one's climate, to adjust to another one's climate. So if there's a certain climate going on and you adjust to it, you are trying to fit the bill, not make the bill be noticed. Um, and that is the opposite of what we're called to do in Christianity. We are called right. to be the light. We are called to be the salt. And yes, we give flavor to life, but sometimes people don't like flavor. <laughs> right. What can I say? I mean, true. That's true. So, so the another part of the holy yoga and yoga is as a matter of fact they, these these are the same things for yoga you you have meditation modality and breath work so the spiritual discipline of it i think i think we we have covered it pretty well um yeah i, I think the only thing that, that i would yes yes i think the only thing i would kind of just reiterate i don't know if you mentioned it but uh Brooke makes a very clear distinction in that she calls everything was made through God and everything is God. And I was like, what? It's not, that's not even, it's oh, not no, even that's close pantheism, to And I don't think it's I, I don't think I did cover it yet. That's pan. Oh, maybe I did, but pantheism, it, it doesn't stand with Christianity. Right. We, God is not everything. He made everything and he holds it all together yeah. by, Correct. um, I think our last, last episode or the, the one before it, um, every one of the stars he calls out by name and because mm-hmm. of his great power, not one is found missing. Yeah. And that, that he is the creator. He, but you can't say he is the creator and the created. You, you must right. be one or the other. It, it right. is an, it is, um, an exclusivity. So because he is well, the creator, creator, he is not the created. Now, correct. does all of creation and the created give us point? Do do they all point to him? Hundred percent. You yeah. you look at anything. I look at the night sky. I look at the day sky. Man, I look at a cat. I look at a kid. I smell what a tree smells like when when it rains, you know, whatever it, it all points to God. The entire creation is his handiwork for sure. Yeah. And it's got his thumbprints all over it, but it doesn't have him in it. He's, yeah. he's not in it. He sustains <clears throat> it because he Excuse is me. not in it. Absolutely. Um, I, one thing I, I, 
that um, you're talking about that I really do want to cover um, is is what you and I talked a little bit about in general about this this topic is the impersonal nature of the God that is you in the Hindu idea and in the connection of that idea through yoga and the impersonal impersonableness of of that connection with God, right? Some might call uh, call it that nirvanic state where you become one with God and so on and so forth. And you come into the realization that you are God and you're part of God and God is all and blah, blah, blah. Well, that is a highly impersonal um, state of being. And it, it is in direct contrast to what the word talks about, about God being a highly personable God. And that's actually what we talked about in previous episodes, right? That, right. that uh, I think in the very first episode that, that about prayer, we talked about how God is intentional, that he has, he, he has emotions, that he is swayed by our feelings and our desires uh, when we present them to him, obviously, right? In the right context and in the right way. But God is, is, a, is, is a personal being and personal relationships are messy and they are complicated and they require interaction. Whereas, uh, as far as I understand it, um, a pantheistic religion like Hinduism doesn't, re- it's not this kind of personalness. And, and, and in fact, in, in a lot of other practices where in Buddhism and things like that, where this is all, yoga can also be easily integrated. It is the absence of oneself. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but when I, not, not the, that I went to Taiwan, I mean, that's cool too, but, but something about that I noticed when I was in Taiwan, and I'm going to give you guys an anecdotal thing about this. I, I want you to come in on this as well, but I, this is from a personal experience. So I studied Chinese and I studied East Asian studies. And part of that obviously includes religion and Buddhism is a huge aspect of that, of course. Um, also studied about uh, Hinduism and s- some things and, and how uh, mantras are used in Nepal, all that good stuff. What I noticed, however, when I was in Taiwan for a weekend, we went to a ginormous uh, Buddhist temple. And I was curious. I wanted to see, you know, I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. It was um, s- just some basic observations, just to put it out there. First and foremost, a lot of Taiwanese think of the Buddhist temples a lot of various in very similar ways, like Europeans or Americans think of the Catholic Church as kind of drawing money. And I, I don't mean all Catholic churches. I mean uh, something more 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 akin to the Vatican, right? Like getting money for their own personal uses and having tons of power and, and uh, accruing political favor, incurring all that and stuff like that. So that was a very interesting aspect. But what was more interesting to me was that because in Buddhist practice, which again goes hand, can easily go hand, hand in hand with an impersonal God like Brahman, which is what you know the impersonalness is. When we were having a meal, shell, the monks would walk up. We, we'd have a meal in total silence. I, I mean, absolute silence. No one would talk to each other. No one was supposed to signal to each other. And the monks would come by and serve us our food. And we would either say, if we didn't want it, we would just do this with our chopsticks and say, no, we don't want that. Or, um, and we would just point to it, that, 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 don't want. And you know why they do that? They do that because they're trying to avoid any type of interaction that could affect their next 
reincarnation, their next life, which is absolutely crazy because that's, that's what, that's what Buddhists practice. Real Buddhists practice isolationism because they don't want to have any contact with anyone else because they want to ascend. Like that's their idea. And in an infinitely repeatable universe where everything is impersonal, where everything is impersonal, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So by definition, the, these, and, and just coming at it from like a worldview, not even coming at it from a, and I know I'm mixing in Buddhism, but okay. I, I know that these practices are very similar. They're very right. new agey and they, they align very easily. And, and a lot of people will tell you this, it's, it's not some weird thing I'm making up. Um, they, they are diametrically opposed. They, they really are. Jesus, Jesus was a personal savior. Absolutely. It continues to be a personal savior. The Holy Spirit working in us works in us in a personal way. Uh, when you go somewhere and you do something and the Holy Spirit's like, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't, right, right. don't eat this thing. Don't do this thing. You, you know that the Holy Spirit is talking to you. You can tell like something just isn't right. It doesn't sit right. Just like Shell's talking about how this yoga thing didn't sit right with her. It's the same kind of thing. There's a personal, personal God thing that happens that does not happen in your in in yoga practice but also in as far as i understand hindu practice um, i may be wrong you guys can feel free to tell me if i'm wrong and that's that's totally fine i would love to have a dialogue about it if i if that isn't correct sorry no, I, feel free to I comment on any of that you're you're super right about that that um that's that's heartbreaking to me yeah oh it, it's not it's heavy right man to be alone that, that is all I can I can think when I hear you talk about that is that and and, and anecdotally I just want to add I, I when 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 I was having a meal I was sitting next to a friend and a bird came in and sat on and you have to understand like I was in a Buddhist temple like everything is beautiful it's gorgeous you know I'm not I'm not knocking how beautiful they make their art and how everything is a bird flew in and I was like oh that's so that's so Buddhist sentiment, you know, the quietness and stillness and this. And I, I, I didn't say a word to my friend. I just kind of like made a, a small gesture to her and, and kind of looked up with my eyes and, and so she could see what I was looking at and she would see that this bird was up, up in the rafters. And the monk gave me the dirtiest look I have ever received. Oh man. So anywhere. he came back as a beetle. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That was that interaction. That's what, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was very, and I was just like, I, I wasn't talking like I yeah, wasn't talking to anybody that practices Buddhism. Of that practice. Think about it. I know it's crazy. So he gave it's you crazy. a dirty look and he got bad karma according to his belief system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. dude, that's so sad. Here he is denying himself it's an unpayable the best thing like for yeah. real the best thing of life sharing and um yeah oh that's super yeah. heartbreaking we were made man. for human interaction You're we, right we so were and and that's and that's a common that is a co common yoga practice meditation for hours silence isolation I, I mean that stuff i'm not making up i know that stuff is is part of it so you know, take it for right. what it's worth. Um, that seemed that's, like an appropriate sentiment. Sorry, I just wanted to that's share crazy. it. Crazy. I that just that makes me sad in my heart. And you're right. I, I mean, Christians mix Buddhism in with with Christianity, 
and yep. um, which which actually goes really well to so we talked about modality, which is the poses, which I guess is a spiritual discipline. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know what? When something's illogical, it doesn't make sense. That's why it's illogical. That's, that's what it means. So yeah. um, meditation, we'll, we'll, we'll do meditation as the next one. And um, if you look at meditation like the monks in Buddhism do, um, and the meditation that normally is the Hindu meditation, um, it's an emptying of yourself. And I know we talked about this in, in our, um, uh, haste and stillness. Yeah. Even the first one, I think we talked about it because of the, bo- so. the, the voices, but, um, Oh, you sure. Not, You're right. We did. That's not how a Christian meditates. So, Meditation to empty yourself to let a higher power come into you is what mm-hmm. yoga is about. The the meditation in yoga, it's what the meditation in uh, Buddhism is also about. When when a Christian or a Jew talks about meditation from what the Torah, which is the Old Testament, or the Bible, including the New Testament, from a Christian's perspective. This means is to meditate on God's word. Every scripture mm-hmm. where we are told to meditate, it's to meditate on God's word. Um, Psalm, um, Psalm one and on his meditate he, and on his word, he doth meditate mm-hmm. day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. I yes. think that's Psalm one. Yes, it is. Um, Blessed about is the man. Three. Yes, exactly. That's it. Um, we meditate on God's word. We, it, it, it also goes with when David says, oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? Put your trust in God. And how do you put your yeah. trust in God? You, you remind yourself. Um, in another psalm, so apparently David really got the, the meditation thing. And I think that's why he was a man after God's own heart. But he, <laughs> he, um, he says, um, oh gosh, I lost that one. There, there are so many, and I all of a sudden, all the different psalms I know just start going through my of? head. Oh, oh, you're trying to pull up the psalm. Yeah. yeah um, Do you know what it talks about? The one okay. where he says, oh, ha, ha, ha. I think it's Psalm 103. Uh, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and remember he redeems my life from the pit, crowns me with love and yeah. compassion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, that's that's meditation. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Yes. How do I do that? I remember all of his benefits. Forget not his benefits. That is what meditating on the word. Again, going back to the Shema, um, uh, we are told, bind them on your forehead right write them around your arms um i'm i'm wearing my mezuzah today because it's usually oh. the necklace i put on i love my mezuzah not gonna lie danny bought it for me um because he knows i loved my old one and it got wet and and you the... you and me both we got we got some some legit um <laughs> christian christian Our... symbolism going on 
our uh, icons of our faith here, but yep. this this is we're told God's word. Meditate on God's word day and night. Write it. Write it around your doorpost. Bind it, bind it on your heart, bind it in your mind, wear it like a bandana, wear it like, like a, a headband. Um, and that, that's what meditation for a Christian is. Um, is, is, does peace come in with that? Heck yeah. Cause it's a truth. There's so much power there. Remembering what God has done for you and, 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 um, meditating on his promises to you. It's, yeah, but it is not emptying yourself to to become one with the divine. That is not yeah. how a Christian does meditation. A Christian gets God God's word in them so much that they can't help but spout it out and and live it out because you know what? It's worthless if it only comes out of your mouth and it doesn't come out of your actions. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to piggyback on those verses. Those are great. Um, Jesus is the word of God. And so if we're supposed to meditate on anything, it's on Jesus. Um, nothing else, my friends. And uh, you know, Holy Yoga yeah. says that they meditate on Jesus. They do like a, a scripture at the beginning by, by what Brooke says, a scripture from the beginning. And they, they, you know, play Caleb or whatever. They, they have Christian music going the whole time. Um, and, and you know what? I can get some word out of some good Christian music. I mean, if, if, if it is, I mean, if they got Maybe some T-Mac going music. or some Crowder, you know, I could be down with, with some, with some Crowder going during some Pilates, but um, that's sure. my personal preference, but that's, you're not meditating on God's word as you're doing that by saying a prayer at the beginning and prayer at the end. That's, that's not what meditating on God's word is. Yep. Um, and there was something so good in here that you had. I'm trying to find it. Oh, you, you mentioned in the notes that, you know, I could just as easily say that, you know, I'm going to cast this spell in Jesus name. Um, <laughs> as, as do holy yoga. Absolutely. Um, my friend, uh, <laughs> my friends who are over barbecuing with us last night, what is it? He said, <laughs> it made me laugh. So it like gave me the biggest belly laugh I've had all week. Um, oh gosh, what did he say? Uh, here, it was like incantations you. for Christ. It was it was really funny. <laughs> and let me say too, just just as a little bit of a litmus test, do you think that yoga is permissible in Islam? Mm. No, no. Yeah, Allah is not. the one true God. There is no other. It mm. is completely, as a matter of fact, they put it like this. It is not permissible, permissible for the Muslim to practice yoga at all, whether he does it on the basis of belief or imitating others or because he is seeking a particular so-called benefit. Holy moly. Thank Where'd you get you. that from, Shel? Uh, islamcompass.com forward slash what 
is what hyphen is hyphen the hyphen ruling hyphen on hyphen yoga hyphen <laughs> in hyphen Islam backslash. <laughs> you, just, you can just send it to me. I'll, I'll put in the references. I think it's going to be so intense. Um, but, uh, you know, and also what I did wow, is, put in, is yoga allowed in Islam and like, boom, not permissible. Yeah. Not permissible. That was is it- <laughs> easy enough. I was like, oh, snap. They're telling us. Um, yeah, wow. Well, because, because no, yeah, they don't play with, with with other people's stuff. You know what? You also don't get to have Jesus Bible study in Islam. You don't. Yeah. And and um, I dare you to find the the coven that allows you to read the Psalms. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, oh man! Oh my gosh! That is so oil funny. and water, you know. There, there Sheesh. are things that don't go. So, meditation modality and breath work. We talked. A, I talked a little bit about breath work and how it is in Pilates. So, if you need the <clears> breath work, <throat> fine. Um, Brooke makes a statement, and it's false. Ricky and I have both searched up uh, doing various translation uh, software. I pulled out my um, my Young's analytical concordance um, mm. and looked. That's what I went downstairs to get, Rick, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> to find out. But she said that the Greek, what was it, breath? And yeah, the word for breath and power are the same word in the Greek. Yeah, that's what she said, uh, which yeah, no. I I would be interested to, to see where she gets that because both of us are really good at researching and um didn't find it, did not find that anywhere. Now, can you twist things? Oh sure. I can I can twist the word of God to tell you you need to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on Tuesdays. Um It'd be very, very wrong and diabolical, but I mean, you can do it. Is it true? (laughs) So breath work, I don't have a problem with. You can do breath work a ton of different ways. Um, Is there life in the breath? Absolutely. Is Jesus the breath of life? Yes, he is. Praise him. But. I don't know. I don't know how you pull that into being a yogi thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, what was it that, oh my gosh, it's one of those moments where I'm like, like flying back to, to, uh, to class. I had, I told you that I had a class about, um, about, uh, Southern Asian religions, and um, one of them had a lot to do with with meditation and mantras and stuff like that. And one was talking about um, I I should put this out there. Um, my teacher was she. I was very happy that she said it, um, and people in my class were freaked out. I was not because I know the power of the devil. And I know the power of my savior who is infinitely beyond him. 
Um, but she said that there were people like yogis and stuff that would, would meditate on dead bodies and they would revive. Oof. You got to wonder what that bad boy is filled with. You got to wonder what that bad boy is filled with. Oh, I have a political comment that I will keep to <laughs> So, um, I don't know why I was going that direction other than to say that, um, you know, what were we just talking about before that show? Breathwork. Breathwork, right. Um, that, that, I'm, I may be mistaken. It's been a while since I remember hearing this in class and thinking about these concepts, but that the breath itself is, is the life, like coming in and out. Absolutely. And yeah, of course it is. Who gave it to you? Whose is it borrowed from? You know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away if he wants to. Well, and so, now breath and, breath and spirit are the same word in different. Hebrew. They are, they right, are right, ruah, right. ruah. They're different concepts for us. Oh, yeah. But um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a, a little story about breath, which is really interesting. Um, I had my first son, Naya, at home with a midwife. Loved it. 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. recommend. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was great, but. Um, I don't like being told what to do. So <laughs> it's better than having a bunch of bossy nurses make me mad. So <laughs> my, my stepmom, who I'm very, very close with because she's amazing. Both of my moms are amazing. My biological mother and my stepmother. I'm, I'm very hmm. blessed, even though sometimes it's stressful having two moms and you know, loving them both. But yeah. uh, my mom was there when Naya was born and um, my midwife's assistant had a cold and she was sick, so she couldn't come. So my mom got to be her assistant, basically. And, and my mom is, it, three, has had three births, you know, my, my three half sisters. So she wasn't new to this. Um, yeah. And she got to hold Naya as soon as he was birthed. Hmm. And she said she looked at him and he was like this perfect still baby. And then he went and she saw hmm. the life come into him with Whoa. his breath. He was like he was living, but but like the hmm. the animation. Whoof, and she said it's coolest thing she's ever seen because, you know, when she had my sister, she was busy birthing them so she didn't get to have that experience but that's always really resonated with me and for me um it, it explains the the breath of god being our life you know it was just a mm -hmm. very good personal example to me so that's what i think yeah. of when i think of breath and life and, and i'm awesome. not saying that breath isn't important i just think you know what we breathe from the moment we take our yeah. first breath until we take our last. Yeah. We breathe. And it doesn't matter what you do in between, you breathe. So um, no yeah. particular thing can take credit for, for breath. You know, it's like. Uh, absolutely. And all I was going to say is uh, I, I saw the similarities, but, but the truth of the matter is that they are not the same thing when it comes to power. Um, the the breath itself is a given thing the power is something that is shared um and god doesn't choose to share his power with everybody no and not... he said i will i am i am the lord that is my name i will not 
give my glory to another or share my yes. glory with another. Yeah, he's awesome. Either Ezekiel or Isaiah. Sorry. I mm -hmm. No, no, no. I know, but I know what you're talking about. The reference. And, and that applies Here, to this, to, to this practice of holy yoga. God is not going to share his glory with another. And one of the, going back to one of the things Brooke said, she said that um, she meets Jesus in holy yoga. And my question is, what was she meeting before? Here it is, y'all. Sorry, real quick. Um, okay. Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or or my praise Ooh, to idols. That. Yeah. Or my but... praise to idols. Ooh, I should have finished it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't finish it, guys, because it's like it has always resonated with me. God has told me that on multiple occasions. Shelly, I am Yahweh. I will not share my glory with another. Right. You should not. You, you don't play with, with the dead things. You are living. You don't play with dead things. And mm. I mean, God's told me that throughout my life because it's, it's our tendency to pick up dead things, to play with dead things, uh, metaphorically speaking. And, and we're not dead. God doesn't, Jesus doesn't make bad things good. He makes dead, dead things, things live. live. Yeah. Amen. And so there's, we, we don't go back and play with dead things. And that's yeah. what yoga is. It's playing with the dead thing. And mm. God will not, he will not bless it. He will not mm. bless churches that were in it. That you may do really financially well because the enemy is, is the God over the resources on this planet. And he'll give them to yeah. you. He'll, um, he'll give a church finances yeah. So that oh, they think, has. oh, we're doing good. <clears throat> this he is has. a lucrative business. I'm sure this chick makes money. I um, I yeah, didn't check I, to, and out, to ask Google what her net worth is, but I'm sure it's out there. Let's go find out. What's your last name? Boone. Brooke with an E, Boone, B-O-O-N. <laughs> Love you. Pops right up without me even finishing. Love y'all too, uh, but in a different way than I love him. I don't know if this is what she earns or if this is her net worth. Um, total revenue for 2020, $141,000. That's not that much. No, it's actually not. Um, oh, the but year before does. that. She made three hundred fourteen hundred thousand. Year before that, almost two hundred thousand. Whoa! In twenty seventeen, she made over a million bucks. Year before that, over a million bucks. Year before that, yeah. Over but a is she bucks. making this money just by teaching other people how to teach know. this? It just says this is the this is the earnings for the Holy Yoga Foundation. No, oh, for the so probably. It probably is something like that. And then if she gets um, honorariums for speaking I'm, or whatever. I'm sure there's more but earnings than I'm that. sure it's lucrative. It, the devil likes you rich. He, oh. he, he likes us comfortable. He likes us lazy. She's, she's, uh, she's been tax exempt since 2011. That's interesting. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The Constitution was founded on the idea that you can use 
for religious practices. Uh, right, right, right. I mean, I will give her. I will give her this. I think th- there are clear indications in the Bible, and it's not just that I think think this. Like it's blasphemous to, to do a thing called holy yoga. Uh, so I'm not going to apologize for that. You know, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine, but it is blasphemous. But it is religious. So I mean. She's not I mean, cheating on her taxes. Well, that's true. You know what? You are you are totally right. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with somebody earning money. I don't have a problem no. with somebody earning really good money. You know, good on you if you can. Honestly, and I don't think earning I don't it honestly. think that's right. I don't think that somebody should be taking it from you and giving it to other people who aren't earning. The word of God right. clearly states that the laborer is worthy of his due. Um yeah. That's yep. in Luke, Luke ten, I think. But well, um, God talks talks on multiple occasions about not moving the boundary stones, and the boundary oof. stones referred to to ownership oh, by individual man. Israelites that were not to lose their property. That that was but a God given space to them. That applies to this too, because yeah, it sure this does. Is a moving of boundaries of saying that yoga is okay to be in the church. Wow. Oh, I Can, didn't get that. And I usually really am one for, yeah. for not Stickler removing about that boundary kind of stuff. stones. I really um, am. You know this. I want to, I'm going to reference, but we, we talked about this and I don't know if you read this, but, but I, I really looked at this thoroughly. Uh, we, we talked about it this during the week. Um, first, uh, sorry, second Timothy three, one through nine. Um, especially verses five, seven through nine. Um, I, I'm not going to read them off. If you can pull them up, that'd be awesome, Michelle. Um, but I do want to make a quick comment uh, about that. Um, you, you had wrote, written something, and, and, and this is actually a testament to how ingrained these kind of things are in us by society. But you had, you had mentioned that something in your notes, something that, that uh, Brooke had said was not lining up with Christian values. And I have always had a beef with the word values applied to Christianity because right. we don't have values. No. Values. And I, I had to think about this. I was like, well, what is a value and what do we have as Christians? Um, and I, I really like this. There's no such thing as a value as they are, ter- they are subjective and determined by individuals. On the contrary, there are Christian tenets, which are objective and firm and immovable laws about defined structures. And that is the problem right there. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't mix them. Was that first Tim three or second? Uh, I think it was second Timothy three, one through nine. Let me see if I can, you might find it before I do. Let's Here, I had it in first. Give me a second. Let me oh, you're good. replace that with a two. <laughs> oh, lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Foosh. <laughs> Having a form of godliness but denying its power that's, have nothing to do one. with such people. So I will read it because I love God's word. I know you do too, but I will read it. Yeah, do it. it uh, Paul exhorts us, but mark this. So pay special attention. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. They'll be treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. They 
but denying its power mm-hmm. have nothing to do with such people. And this is what we were talking about. I'm with you again. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. That broke my heart because what I see with with holy yoga is a lot of women who have been hurt. As a matter of fact, they have like ministry to women that have been um, uh brought out of of human trafficking and then they just take them into this and oh, so wow. these women get to be always learning but never come to a knowledge of wow. the truth because they're given this instead they're they're part freed they're freed out of a thing and then they're bound in another thing Oof. um and when when they were talking about this, yeah, this is this is what came to mind. Um, five, five through seven in particular, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I had always understood the scripture to be more like um, a, a man coming and taking advantage of a of a um, sexually a broken taking advantage, woman, yeah. sexually yeah. taking advantage. Very much that's that's how I perceived it, but. But, um, I mean, I was being very narrow in my perception because this, this just. Well, and we talked about that too, right? That women, um, I mean, I, I'm not coming here to say, oh, women are gullible. I mean, people are gullible, but, um, in, in that time, especially women had no leverage at all. No legal standing. That's what he was talking about. Yep. But you know what? In, in it, today, it's it's a lot of broken women who, even though we have we have much more um, uh, social standing than than first century women uh, did. Heck, even sixteenth century women did. Nineteenth, <laughs> twentieth century women did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pardon me. We also still have hurt, and hurt makes us vulnerable, and. Um, Satan will find ways to bring something that seems soothing for hurt and the end thereof is death, man. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. Um, And, and this falls into that. And if, if you are again, man, if you're in this guys, I'm, I am so sorry that you, have been in it and I am so glad that God has given us the courage to talk about it and, yeah. and that he has divinely appointed you to be here with us today Man. so that you can yeah. see the truth for what this is and and I pray that that God opens your heart and your eyes to to see the truth because I'm sick of the enemy having bondage over people I'm so incensed that he does so much hurt he loves it he loves it we are rick and i were talking about this a little bit ago we are the devil's currency we we're 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 dollars to him man we're yen we're rubles we're whatever denomination you want to use but what we are we are currency that he uses to hurt us and hurt our father we are how he tries to vindicate himself against god 
And um, I don't, I don't want that for any of God's creation, not for one of the people that Jesus came and bled out on a criminal stake for. I don't want that. I am so grateful he bled out for me when I didn't deserve it. And um, I know that he bled out for you as well. And what we pray is deliverance and truth. Always, that is that is the goal of this podcast. That is um, our ministry. This is what God has given us a voice for. And I'm sorry that some of the conversations will be uncomfortable. And um, I wish they weren't, but they are. And God will use it. Man, he will use it. He will set you free. The truth sets us free because he, his sacrifice was already accepted by the father. Whether you accept it or not, his sacrifice was accepted by the father. So it is powerful unto salvation Mm -hmm. for mankind. And we want that for you so, so much. There's, there is so much more that... Um, that we found in this, but I think we hit the big things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just perusing my notes to see if there is anything I, I was, missed. I was actually going to ask you. I was like, is there is there something else you wanted to touch on? Because I I was like, I feel like we got a lot of this stuff. It was pretty solid. I really do, too. Um, Let me say obeisance is a word that a lot of people are not familiar with. (laughs) Pardon me, guys. Doesn't it mean Uh, like the absolute bowing of? It does. It means it means to bow in reverence or worship or um, um, homage to its worship. And obeisance is what these poses are. And um, it's like when you... Well, we've all seen Catholic movies, even if if maybe there aren't many Catholics or ex-practicing Catholics, whatever, in the room. But um, obeisance is genuflecting mm. um, when you go in, into a, a Catholic church and you do yeah. the bow as, as you. Um, that's obeisance. At least Catholics are doing it to God. Um, they, they are doing it in reverence. Um, in, in yoga, that's not the case. Your obeisance is to Vashnu and, and. Oh, I, I know one thing. The Brahmic gods. What's yeah, that? I do. I do know one thing I wanted us to talk about, Shell. Um, I don't, I don't want to get kind of muddy up the water too much about demonization versus demon possession and all that stuff. Um, I want to make a mention that they're different. Um, You can look that up on your own time. One is basically influenced by demons, which is demonization. And the other is demon possession, where a demon takes control of the body. body. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with that. But demonization is the one that's, I think, uh, misunderstood and overlooked a lot. And I uh, shout out to uh, Remnant Radio because they had a whole. Yeah they had a whole podcast about demonization versus demon possession. And um, if I, I was kind of rereading it because it had been a while since I watched that, but if I am not mistaken, demonization is the only thing written in the Greek throughout the new Testament, which refers to influence by demons. And it was the KJV, the King James version that actually 
refers to demon possession versus demonization. Um, So that was very interesting to me uh, because we always tend to think, well, demon possession is so out outside of the realm of everything I know that blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm a Christian and I can't be demonized. Yeah, exactly. Um, But demonization is a really real thing. And just to define it for you, it is the influence or, uh, yeah, the influence of demons on, on, uh, by demons of something, right? Um, You can have oppression where, man, they are actively. Yes. Like torturing you. Yes. Yes. And, and, and if you're a, if you're a legit follower of Christ, you know exactly what demonization feels like. It's just oppression, or influence, or attack, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, those are kind of more colloquial terms that the modern church gives it, but it is what it is. And um, I, I want to highlight something for you guys that uh, there is something called the Kundalini, which I wanted to mention. Ooh. It's it's mentioned a little bit, and I think it's important and relevant for this topic. Um, so I'm glad I remembered, but the Kundalini is essentially, there are chakras that are, there's a bunch of them, but I think that, that seven of them are the ones that are typically identified as the, the main ones. And at the bottom of those chakra, which is at the end of the spine, spine is the serpent, the Kundalini serpent. And the idea of doing these meditative states and poses is to unlock that serpent. Um, I, I don't need, know if I need to make any more commentary about that, but the last thing as Christians we want to be doing is unlocking the serpent and Brooke within us. No kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and Brooke Boone does some absolute somersaults to get out of that one. And I was just like, uh, you should be having all sorts of red flags there. And she, it's she gives gross. some, some very, uh, I, I won't call it pithy, but she gives kind of a pathetic response. In my opinion, if you, if you take seriously the actual spiritual discipline <laughs> of yoga, uh, the spiritual practice of yoga, let's just call it what it is. Um, and, uh, it was, it was very enlightening, right? It's very enlightening um, to talk about because, or to think about for me, because you, there's no fellowship between light and darkness. I mean, the, the, the serpent right. does not need to be unlocked in the body. The serpent, the serpent is unfortunately alive and well and prospering in many aspects of life. And we don't need to give him any more entryways than, than he, he already has, yeah. you know? So, you know, and the word tells us to abstain from the very appearance of evil yeah that right there and that's a hard thing because we don't want it to. is if we want to do something we want to do it and right. if somebody thinks it looks bad that's that's their beef you know but that's not what the word of god tells us it <laughs> no, tells us not. to abstain from the even the appearance of it and so there was a question first first corinthians 10 um of food that's sacrificed to idols yeah in in the parthenon in rome so, um, it, kind of a little bit of context, uh, Roman polytheists, because, you know, that was how it is, uh, would go and slaughter goats, bulls, whatever, uh, for their sacrifice. The people who were there in the ceremony, um, were participating in the sacrifice to other gods. Mm-hmm. 
Then what they do, though, is they would just take the food and go and sell it out on the market. You don't know what meat, you know, Farmer Joe just cut up for you and what meat Farmer Joe got from the Parthenon. Luciferian purposes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Paul is given this this. Uh, this question, you know, apparently it came up and, and um, the, the Corinthian, oh, sorry, it was in Corinth because this is to the Corinthians. So it wasn't in Rome, although I'm sure same practices in Rome, same gods worshipped. Um, can you eat the food offered to idols? And Paul's like, you know what, when you go to the market and you buy your food, don't ask, you know, oh, was a sacrifice to idols? Oh, I can't do this. I have to go down to someplace else until I find the organic stuff. Um, I I think that was probably also very hard for Jews, right? Jews were so used to being very particular about what they did and where they shopped and how how they bought things and all that. Absolutely. But he tells them, don't ask about it. Now, if you know, don't participate in the offering of food to idols because then you're participating in idolatry. And God said, I'm not sharing my glory with another. You shall have no other gods before me. Um. So that applies to this very well. Maybe before yoga, you thought Christian yoga was okay. You you didn't mm-hmm. ask. You know, it was mm-hmm. food, and maybe it was okay for you to eat. But now, now I'm sorry, you know, this was sacrificed to idols before it was taken to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you're not supposed to have anything to do with it. You are degrading yourself with it. Um, Mike Shreve talks about but this a whole lot more. So glad he's, you brought that up. Um, he's, he's who, if I were you and I, because I've already done it. So it is what I would do. Um, I would, I would look, he has a great book. I think it's called seven or the reasons. Oh, no, he has a couple um, of books. Um, he has several. I, I have one. Yeah, Seven Reasons Not to Do Yoga. He's got that uh, one. Then I, st- then I think it's Seven Reasons I Stopped Practicing Yoga. Yeah, Seven Reasons I Stopped Practicing Yoga. And then he has another one. Um, uh, which I was light. in the middle of reading. Yeah, <laughs> In Search of the True Light. In Search of the True Light by Mike Shreves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it'll Here. be in our links. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find out more. Please, please do um, go to that. Again, go to Rajiv Malhorta's um, uh, interview with Brooke. And honestly, if you just put in Brooke Boone in in your search (laughs) uh, bar in YouTube, you will find all of these. You won't find like the Steve Bankars, uh, the Doreen Virtue, or uh, Mike Shreve. We'll we'll link there at least our podcast in there. um, Yeah, at least the ones where Uh, he's there with Mike Shreve and stuff like that. There are two other um, women who came out of yoga, and they offer an alternative to yoga and holy yoga. Um, one is Jessica Smith and um, she has, uh, I don't, she, she does a podcast. I think it is with Caitlin Inglehart and they both give really, really great alternatives to um, stretching in ways that are not 
accidental yoga poses. Although I'm not going to lie. I think that if you accidentally stretch a certain way and it, <laughs> it resembles downward dog, I don't think God's going to be like, caught you. You know, he's, that's not who he is. Um, we have a body. It's got a trunk. It's got four limbs. If, if, you know, you were born with them all or didn't lose one in some way, uh, there are only certain ways you can move the human body. Mm-hmm. You, we, you know, we get that. God gets that. Like I said, uh, personally to me, I think that um, Pilates is a good way to go. If though you're, you're so maybe freaked out by the truth of yoga. I don't know. Maybe you want to do something else and um, talk with God. Uh, look at what Jessica Smith and Caitlin um, Engelhart offer. There are alternatives because there are Christians who like to move and they're heck do it. Um, there are alternatives, but if you refuse to not call something yoga, then you need to acknowledge that you are yoking yourself with something that is not Christ Jesus. Yeah. And um, that is what ahead, that Sean. is. Yeah. Nope, that is what that is. I think I have <clears throat> nothing else. I was just going to say, um, just this is meant in love, guys. We, we're not just because we feel passionately about it doesn't mean that it's not meant out of, from a place of love. And that's not where it's coming from. It is absolutely coming from a place of love. And I, I just wanted to leave kind of a final super quick comment about yoga itself. If you enjoy fitness, you enjoy being healthy, you enjoy stretching and all those and all the health benefits and the camaraderie that comes out of it, right? With, when you do stuff like that with other people, don't let yoga be a buzzword. Just be healthy. Like there's nothing wrong with being healthy. I mean, it's a mandate. God tells us to be healthy. So it's, it's not a bad thing for sure. And, and, and Shelly and I kind of talked about this a little bit um, because we knew it was going to come up, right? That people were going to ask, well, can I do the stretches? Uh, I mean, if it's a, it's like anything, right? If you came out of something before you were a Christian or you being a Christian now understanding these concepts and you say, oh, I can't do this anymore, then don't do it. Don't do it. Mike Shreve makes a brilliant Ask God. He says, God, is, God is yeah. not, he's not quiet about it for you. No, he will he'll, tell, he'll tell you. you. Yeah. And you, you know what, Galatians, Galatians 4, 8 through 11. Sorry, Rick, I know I thought no, I was No, no, it's okay, it's okay. But it's okay, it, it basically tells us since you've been redeemed, why are you going back and being re-enslaved by old masters? You've been set free from it. Don't <laughs> don't go back to it. Um, and I think the answer to that is because people are seeking an experience. You're seeking peace. You're seeking a feeling of well-being. You're yeah. you're seeking um, a deeper a sense of, of belonging. Oh, definitely a sense of belonging, camaraderie, like you said, yeah. the the community you feel when you're working out. Well, in my case, with a bunch of other ladies, and and sure. you know, it's funny and it's fun and it's mm-hmm. you know that time and there's bonding there. Don't um, 
that kind of relationship's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the seeking seeking an experience. Oh, I need to have Holy Ghost goosebumps. Oh, I, I, the the reason that so many Christians are deconstructing is because they have only searched for experience and not for relationship with a beloved. Because when you have that relationship, like you have any relationship, you have a strong relationship. When, pardon me again, Miss Bertha, the crap comes, your relationship is strong enough to withstand the the confrontation. Guys, you don't know who Miss Bertha is. But my friend Paul is going to get a kick out of that when he hears it. And Ricky can put that on a t-shirt later. Sorry, Miss Bertha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap. Sorry, Miss Bertha. (laughs) Oh, crap. Sorry, Miss Bertha. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody in my church will understand. (laughs) child. Okay, guys. Miss Bertha didn't like any form of even soft cursing. You can't say, gosh, darn it. It's not any better than the original. And I love her. She's with Jesus now. And, and we can't wait to reunite with her. But she was she was a stickler for this. And so I'm not going to lie. Anytime I say a soft curse like that, I do think of Miss Bertha, especially when it's public. So, so anyhow, funny. relationship buffers us for for the hard the hard times the times when god when you feel like say that again that's that's so good that's relationship buffers us for the hard times when god when you feel like god doesn't hear us or when you've messed up bad man that relationship it works both ways the word tells us that love covers over a multitude of sins and that's Mm -hmm. what it means relationship is our buffer and that's what we want is relationship with god not a bunch of holy ghost moments i and i'm not just yeah. in the holy ghost man he's 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 my weird uncle 100 percent. i love the rosh hakadesh but um, but also right like uh just to just to comment on that like uh you're talking about the whole experience aspect of it and that's 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 the problem right because it it seeking experiences divorces you from the relationship and that's not the way that god works god is a relational god i will say it until i run out of breath god is a relational god that's what makes him different that and the fact that he left his throne to be our sacrifice right and he tells us to come and reason with him (laughs) come reason with me let's reason together he'll make him white as snow praise him that is right that is right Amen. So it is, guys, it's about relationship um, with a heavenly father who loves us and came down and shed his own blood for us mm. so that we we would have an unending eternity with him. And he will bring lots of great experiences along the way. Um, and the Holy Ghost moments are great, man. He drops up in your spirit and you're like, Fwah! Thank you. Um, uh, Ricky and I usually share those things with each other, you know, in in close to real time because because we're stoked, man. That's why. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying dis um, experience, but put it in its proper place and relationship. Mm-hmm. When God tells you, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Man. 
I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not share my glory with another. I will not, what's the rest? Yield Give my glory to idols. To idols. So, yeah. That's sorry good, to bring man. the truth to you now that you know it. James tells you to know what is right and not do what is sin. No, don't don't be sorry. You're interested go, in people's souls. Go go and verify this because don't yeah. do it because Shelly saith because so I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because I saith. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I th I think that's it, Shell. I don't I don't have anything else. I don't think. If I don't look at my notes, I won't have anything. <laughs> I really think we have hit everything, guys. Yeah. yeah again. We're coming up on two hours, so I think we're uh, probably good, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, on our site, guys, we have a um, a little questionnaire for you all. If you think we forgot something or if you think that we misspoke and you want to challenge us on it, please, please do. We yep, want yep. the conversation to continue. Um, we don't want it to be one-sided and then in just, just what we have found and what we, what we say, we want to dialogue with, yes. with believers and non-believers again. Yep. You know what? If you want to troll, I, I, I'll troll with you. God will make a time for yeah. me to do it because the truth is so important. It's so relevant. Um, and if you, uh, if you think you're going to yeah. be a disruption, oh, fall into that net because Jesus will get you. And, and I can't wait <laughs> to see. I can't wait to see how you fall in love with him Yeah, through it. Yeah. That's good. Guys, well, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to plug, plug our stuff in and, uh, We'll be on our way. Um, this is a good podcast. This is one we were not expecting to come across right away, but uh, I think it was good to, you know, answer in the moment. And you know, God allows for stuff to happen for a reason. But I mean, we're gonna we'll be we'll be in theory, <laughs> in theory, we'll be uh, back in business for our next episode, which will be about uh, suffering through the lens of eternity. Um, yeah, praying, and praying through, through the pain. And yes. we're going to have Kelsey Lee Kelsey Thomas Lee. with us. She is coming oh, to yeah, visit she's to not see Tom, my she's grandson. Not Lee That's so I weird. know it's it's weird to me too. I love you. Um, but she'll be here in my office Woo! in in studio with us. Kelsey and is my sister. Just she is disclaimer. Ricky's sister, and she is my best friend, yes. and she is a contributing factor to this podcast, like you guys. And a brilliant mind. Just a, oh man, it's so true. Um, but I'm very excited. She will be here. Um, we will be bum, recording, bum, 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 bum. and we will we will put that out. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> without any further ado um guys blessings on you yes yes um let me just give you guys quick plugins do please do comment uh at the bottom of our page um on any of our podcasts that you would like to there is a space where you can tell us about the, the episode if you think we've forgotten anything remember at the day usually the day before we we finish this podcast sorry the day after we finish this podcast whatever podcast we're doing the following day we drop a new podcast which is every two weeks we have one coming out so there will be one tomorrow um which will be dropping technically will be the 13th of february this one should drop 
um, later, at, I believe at the end of this month, which will fall on a, let's see. 27th? Monday the 27th. Did I math yes. right? Yes. Correct. You did. Well done, math. Um, so <laughs> easy math. <laughs> please give us give us a listen on on this one coming up tomorrow, and we'll have this one this particular po- uh, podcast coming out on the twenty seventh. Um, guys, uh, please plug in to us. Also, if you would like to follow us on Twitter and com- finish the conversation there or continue the conversation, please do so. Um, I will be including our link tree here at the bottom. Okay. That is going to include our all of our social media, our our email, um, our Shelly and I, our own personal landing pages, which has got all our social media, our email, any of that stuff you guys want to, to contact us at, please do so. Um, and also, uh, just to let you know, we do have Patreon up and running. Um, I will have that here also in the description, and it will be on the link tree as well. That link tree again is solo.to slash the CTDW for our initials for our for our gig. Again, it's solo.to slash the CTDW. And this is CTDW Studios. Um, <laughs> we love you guys. That's uh that's about it for this episode. Thanks for sticking around. We're just shy of two hours, but it was a it was a good solid bunch of meat. Uh, so we hope that it's blessed you. It's been great for us. And uh, we love you guys. Shell, do you want to give the blessing as you always do? Absolutely. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace forever. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. The Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom. Peace out, guys. Shalom. Thank you for watching this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at thechristiantheologicaldarkweb at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTDW Studios. Thank you, and God bless.